Hello and welcome to episode 86 of Jewel Security Raw. I am mm, willing to look some of the shit and I'm just realizing, you know, I, I didn't necessarily for a lot of my life see a lot of the whack ass shit because there was a component of of my life that benefited from from a lot of the the system and and the way that it worked and the ins and the outs and yeah i experienced a lot of consequences due to it but there was uh there was this idea that i held on to that it you know people did have best interest in mind you know the people with the money with the power with the control they weren't totally selfish and, and self-involved and the more i'm willing to look at that there's no blame being put on anyone but there's just a recognition of where a lot of it comes from and it stems from a overarching mentality that i'm perpetuating in each and every moment or you know being willing to to let go of and take a little bit less seriously and so yeah i'm I'm enjoying the ins and the outs of looking at some of the crazy shit that's going on without too, too much judgment or concern because I know that the change just starts with me. It can be a really tricky thing to understand that panicking about the current problem actually just makes the problem worse. That perceiving it as a problem, in fact, makes the problem worse. Whereas relaxing finding how you can be yourself with less conflict, how you can empathize with others, how you can pay attention to the moment and how little you truly need when you do so changes your mentality and all of the ripples that you create. And that is how everything changes with you relaxing. So just relax and enjoy the episode. With all that said, I hope you enjoy this live stream. That is dual skinny raw episode 86. And here we are for another episode of Dualistic Unity Raw. Yesterday's episode was really quite good. Not only not only the episode, but the groups that followed the episode, the tier two and the tier three call on Patreon were particularly deep yesterday. I really got a lot out of that. I got a lot out of the insight that assumption is a source of stress because assumption is an attempt at control an attempt at false certainty, it causes conflict with what is because what is is constant change. And so as soon as you've settled on an assumption, you've settled on the illusion of certainty, of something that will not change. This is the truth. And reality is constant change. And so I thought it was really interesting that assumption is just another way of being in conflict with what is. Yeah, it's it's funny how quick we are to make assumptions too about so many things like we're always sitting on a fuckload just a fuckload of assumptions about ourselves, about reality about the way things are and so when you start questioning things when you start realizing like oh maybe that's not true or even just take a second and wonder okay i'm making an assumption about this i think this is the case but also maybe it's not and that's when things start to start to crumble start to fall apart and uh <laughs> Uh, just to get into it, because we might as well as our, you know, just discussing our uh, our episode, our most recent episode with Riley, uh, cannabis, cannabis chem on on Instagram and, and TikTok. It was an incredibly informative conversation. We really got into a lot of different sides of 
cannabis, weed, you know, smoking, eating, science behind it, ins and outs, stigmas. Do they have any basis? Do they not? Are there potential risks? Are there things people should keep in mind? Are there are there things to think about and consider when you're using the substance? And of course, of course there are. Like with fucking everything, everything we do, you know, going to the bathroom, you sit on the toilet for too long, you're going to get a hemorrhoid and fucking your asshole is going to fall out of your butt. Like, you do anything too much. You eat a bunch of spinach and like, you know, there's the downside to that. Like everything has considerations, of course, but there's certain things that have been, there's been a stigma that's been drilled into our heads regarding it. That is, that has created a, an unnecessary divide between the reality of what the thing is and how we think about the thing. And so something like, like cannabis, when when we talk about it, like the the negative downsides, yes, as we mentioned in the episode, there are potential downsides like with everything, but they are so fucking blown out of proportion. It's unbelievable. And they've been pushed like these and, and unfounded stigmas too, like with no backing whatsoever, have been pushed for years and years and years and years and years. And so, of course, keep in mind everything all of the considerations, but we've, we've leaned on one side of it. That was just had no backing whatsoever besides greedy fuckers want to make a bunch of money and cannabis was getting in the way and hemp was getting in the way. And, and it was getting in the way of the cotton industry of the pharmaceutical industry of so many industries that especially in the U S we make a bunch of money off of. And so, you know, how do you make sure that that doesn't happen? How do you make sure that you keep making money off of these things that are that are way less efficient, that have way more detrimental impacts? Pharmaceutical drugs. There's opiates that are legal everywhere all the time. Like you can get them and they will fucking kill you if you take too much. And yet you talk about weed and, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, be careful. Let's be careful of that. Oh, I, 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 this happened to me. This happened to me. Like, oh, weed makes me anxious. Weed makes me paranoid paranoid it's like motherfucker maybe you're just paranoid maybe you're just anxious and the weed is just showing you yourself it's just showing you all the things that you've been suppressing for so long maybe that's it maybe it's on you maybe there's something that you can do in yourself and maybe the weed is actually just showing you that side of yourself again i get it there's things to consider but we've been so far on one end of the spectrum with no backing whatsoever just stigma, just stigma. And, and we've talked about this before, but, you know, stigmas are necessary when something doesn't have evidence of being a detrimental thing to people. You need to implement stigmas into the situation. And, you know, weed and mushrooms have massive stigmas around them because there isn't that much evidence saying that they're terrible for you. So there, we have to implement a stigma in order to get people to think that that they're terrible. For you like the stigma is necessary when the data isn't there to back it up and the data isn't there to back it up like when you really dig into it if you're willing to take a good hard look into what the actual impacts are like there isn't as much as you know our society tends to think that there is it's like the the, the worst thing i hear is oh it makes me a little more aware of all the considerations it makes me a little bit more concerned about certain things but it's not harmful no one's violent 
when they smoke, when they do some mushrooms, like violence is not a thing that comes up. Anger is rarely a thing. If anything, it's just, you know, impacts on your, on yourself. And it's, it's just showing you what you are again. And so, yeah, anyway, we, uh, that episode is, is super fucking informative and was very enjoyable. And, uh, we'll keep getting clips out there, but also keep in mind when someone posts clips on social media, like it's just a clip. If you actually are interested in hearing more about it, like go listen to the episode. It's really not that long. It's a little over an hour. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's all I got right now. I, I think it's important to recognize that, um, they're not trying to be logical or they're not necessarily trying to make a point that they're willing to hear a response to. It's just, this is what I think you're wrong. That's more or less it. Um, because often the argument is, is more or less, um, unreasonable. Let's just say, because being, well, there are side effects to everything. There are side effects to everything like if you're looking for a substance that you can use that has no side effect whatsoever i would love to introduce you to water but don't drink too much of it because everything has a side effect so we're really not talking about whether or not there are side effects because there always are we're talking about how many side effects how many are beneficial and where is that line where it becomes detrimental how much do you have to use and what kind of person do you have to be what have to be the you know the preconditions for it to be something that's detrimental to begin with where is that line and this is why research is so very important but a lot of what we're talking about is just stigma that's all it is as you were saying it's just this is what everybody else says is what everybody else thinks is with the official position in the media in the government and so on and so forth and therefore it must be bad it must be bad but I would love to make the point that when it comes down to cannabis use, there is a difference between the argument for adults versus the argument for children. Okay. The argument for adults should always and consistently be for responsibility. You're an adult. It's your responsibility in the same way. It's your responsibility. If you want to own a firearm or get a car or go drinking or anything like that, it's your responsibility and it should be treated that way. But often people just seem to assume that if you're smoking weed, you have no responsibility anymore. That's it. You are somehow not able to think for yourself. And, and, and it's just, again, an assumption It's largely an assumption based on the stigma, based on things they've been told and more importantly, based on things that they're afraid of. These are people who think that, you know, relaxing even just a little bit not constantly being on the ball with all the details is somehow indicative that you're a failure in life rather than just enjoying yourself and yet these are the same people who go out and get drunk become relaxed that way but relaxed in a way that if they go further in that direction they actually become toxic and dangerous and aggressive whereas if you go too far with cannabis then typically you'll go to sleep or get the munchies which isn't to say, and this is another important thing, I want to bring this up. Yeah, people who are, are who are predisposed to, to panicking or, or anxiety, people who are predisposed to avoiding their imagination or, or, or giving in to, too much to it, things like that, they're going to have a different response to an experience where they are relaxing and being more in tune with their subjective experience with all of the things that I've just mentioned. But that's the point. The point is to look at that experience rationally the point is to look at that experience and go huh is there something to learn from this it's not just to go i don't understand it throw it away 
something bad there, especially again, given how few actual problems cannabis causes in terms of health, right? It'd be different if you're talking about heroin, but even heroin we found a medical use for. Nobody's outright, you know, vilifying the plant itself. Nobody's outright vilifying the, uh, the substance, right? They'll say, oh, it's, it's terrible. If you're addicted to it, it'll ruin your life. And it's just because again of the addiction, but the addiction isn't necessarily the substance, right? We get to addiction somehow. And of course there's that whole uh, experiment, rat wonderland, love that experiment where basically they just change the environment for these rats. And instead of the rats going consistently to the heroin uh, or the opiate bottle rather than the water, just to, you know, to say, uh, to stop the pain and suffering, they would consistently go to the water and occasionally use the drugs to kind of make it more fun for them. But it wasn't something that they were using to escape anymore. And it's because the environment changed, but we don't want to talk about that. Like this is something that we see with parents. It's something that you actually got as a response to your Instagram uh, video from the episode with Riley Kirk, who is again, a cannabis researcher. I really want to make this clear. Like this isn't a person who's just like, I smoke a lot of weed. So I know this is a person who's been in pharmaceutical research for plant-based medicines for years. This is what she does. And so it's important to take that information and go, Hmm, maybe I don't know. Maybe there are things that are just stigma. Maybe there are things that we just haven't researched yet and keep an open mind. But often what we hear is, well, my teenager started smoking weed and got really lazy. And now when he doesn't smoke, he feels really anxious. And it's like, okay, so what you're saying is the substance is the problem, but you're not willing to address the low level anxiety that was there to begin with or why your son or daughter feels the need to suddenly slow down, why they suddenly appear lazy. Perhaps you had them running for things that weren't important. Perhaps they were operating on stress far more than you're willing to, uh, to accept or understand. And I say this as a parent, I say this as somebody who knows if my daughter is going through some stuff where she's exhibiting anxiety and she's exhibiting stress and she's trying to feel in control and all that somehow, I'm a contributing factor to that because I'm a part of her environment. But if I'm not willing to look at myself, I'm not, if I'm not willing to talk to my daughter, if I'm not willing to actually have a relationship with my child, then I'm going to blame whatever it is she's doing. Ah, she's on TikTok too much. Ah, watching too much TV. It's that new music or it's weed, right? Or anything else. And that's the point is that I want to blame whatever it is that isn't me because I'm a parent and that would reflect badly on my parenting. So we're passing on the same lack of responsibility, right? Saying, no, that's no, the weed. And I've heard this, I've seen this shit happen. I'm gonna pass it back to Andrew here, but uh, are we taking callers this episode? We are not, but I appreciate you asking. Uh, I believe tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, we have a call-in show. You can join us here and you'll be able to join us for up to 10 minutes. Hell yeah. and. Uh... It's going to be a little earlier tomorrow. That reminds me, I have to update that on Twitch. Three, that's right. Thank yeah. you. Three, three Eastern time. See you there. Hopefully we get some people asking about this. But it's really interesting, like the responsibility component and how in, in our society, a lot of what we want to avoid is responsibility. Like we want to put things on someone else. It's their fault. It's because of this. Oh, I'm this way because of this, because of that. And it's like, we're putting all the responsibility on everything but us. And so it makes sense then to a degree in that mentality that something like 
just specifically weed, mushrooms as well, and a lot of other things are things that are avoided, are things that we've actually taken so far that we made fucking illegal because we don't like taking responsibility so much. Like, we don't like responsibility so much that a substance that could potentially lead you to take more responsibility when you realize what you're looking at is just yourself. We've taken that so far that we actually made it illegal. Like we actually took it so far. Like, and I know I'm like new to cannabis and the world and stuff of this, but like, fuck, oh my God, we actually took it so far that we didn't just say like, oh, you know, I'm going to avoid this. Cause like, you know, it makes me this, it makes me that. It's like, we avoid responsibility so much that we actually made a substance that caused you to look at yourself and potentially make a little bit more, take a little bit more responsibility illegal. Like people put people in jail who were using it. We, we arrested people who were using a plant that grows on the earth and, and just pushed this massive stigma. And I'm not even blaming anyone because the stigma was pushed so hard and we're still, dealing with the uh the repercussions and so that's that's impacting our ability to have a conversation about it because to have a a reasonable rational conversation about it you kind of have to go in with an open mind and there's such a deep stigma that it's very difficult for people to see this plant as just a plant it's another plant that has impacts on us like you know eating fucking I don't know. Aloe vera is another plant and you can make drinks out of it and eat it and rub it on yourself. And I don't, I've never really used it much, but it's, it's just another plant that has a use case and that's the same with cannabis. And yeah, you get high, you you feel certain things, but oh man, it's just so interesting how there's been such a massive push of this stigma that we, we actually immediately feel a certain way about it. Like when, when I'm in a group of people who maybe have a massive stigma against weed and you know, they're all drinking and I pull out a joint and go to light it. It's like, it's, you would have thought I'm like fucking wrapping up my arm and about to shoot heroin into my arm. It's unreal. And yet it's, I would, I would go as far as to say that it's healthy. Like I would say that weed and mushrooms are healthy. Absolutely. Like not There's even, evidence for that. Yeah. Like not even not as bad for you as alcohol, but actually healthy, actually good for you. And there's such a stigma that we 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 think it's like worse for you than than alcohol, which is one of the most detrimental things. Like al- drinking alcohol is I, I was listening to this guy I follow who was a alcoholic and kind of got sober and got like really sick from alcohol. And so now we just talks about he has a tiktok account talks about the the dangers and and the reality of what alcohol is and i caught a little bit of his live yesterday um i believe uh condi k-h-o-n-d-i for anyone interested um super super cool guy and he was talking about how like drinking alcohol is drinking a poison it's essentially like because someone had commented that they they feel so awful after drinking and it's like yeah no shit because it's comparable to drinking like opening up your gas tank in your car and like drinking a little bit of the gasoline, like that would make you feel awful. If you did that, it's like we're poisoning ourselves as a means of avoiding responsibility. Essentially 
it's like a shortcut to feeling a little bit better, feeling a little bit looser, feeling a little bit more free. And, and so it's, it's just objectively this awful thing. Of course, everything has a use and, you know, a couple drinks in, not so bad, whatever balance, blah, blah, blah. But this thing that is objectively, essentially, I'll just say objectively fucking terrible for you is promoted is, is it's actually, and this is, this thing blows my mind too, that people, it's like the only substance that people look at you funny when you're not doing it. Like that's crazy. When someone is like, Oh, I don't drink. People are like, why? What's wrong? Are you okay? Cause like, imagine believing in God. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, it's hilarious. And imagine if, if someone, if someone said like, Oh, I don't, I don't do mushrooms. And I was like, why is there something wrong? I don't smoke weed. Is there something wrong? Do you want to, do you want to talk about it? Are you, are you okay? Do you have a, do you have a rough go with things? It's insane. But then with alcohol, it's like, because, you know, we know that it's not great for us and people probably feel a little bit bad. And again, I've said it a number of times. I still drink. I still go out. Like I'm not anti-alcohol by any means but it's important to have the discussion about the reality of what it is and the reality of everything else and as we've already said like there's there's pros and cons ups and downs impacts to everything there are consequences to everything that we do but it's it's to have an honest conversation about these things we have to go into it without i don't know with more of an open mind and just less and realize that a lot of what we go into the conversation about cannabis with is a massive fucking stigma. It's a massive unfounded stigma that was pushed with things like reefer madness. If you have a massive stigma about cannabis, like go watch reefer madness and you'll get an understanding as to why there's such a massive stigma. It's like they put people on crack and then film them. And they were like, this is how you act when you're on marijuana it's like oh my god it's it's unreal right but there was also a um there was a cultural response to the rise of marijuana in the 60s and 70s like it's really important to remember that cannabis and the culture that kind of formed around cannabis and the hippie movement and all that really was like on the verge of threatening the government like this is why um the u.s government was watching john lennon for years they were spying on john lennon is because he was a force like and they knew that they knew that he was speaking to a crowd of high receptive people and those people had a very different mentality peace and love give it a chance you know war is over if you want it that kind of thing and so the system was actually threatened by peace because the system is very much largely run on control and war you know, this is the this is when Vietnam was a thing. And, and, and that was more or less just, you know, war for the sake of the war machine. That's all that was. Oh, I'm sorry. A, uh, police conflict or whatever the fuck they called it uh, to get out of basically saying that we got our asses kicked. Right. And that's it. But they didn't care. See, that's the thing. They, were, they didn't give a shit how Vietnam was really going. The, the point was the war. The point was the money that was being run by the war. The point was the propaganda. The point was believing in the government. The point was driving a wedge between people who wanted peace and people who wanted control. Right. And so there was a big, there was a big difference that was made there. And then the eighties came along and the hippie movement became a fad and died out and it was quickly overwhelmed by ego. And that's, that is unfortunately the problem, but why? They fucking crack down on cannabis like a motherfucker again. 
right? Look in the war on drugs going into the 80s. It got ridiculous. And the, and the drug that got targeted the most was cannabis, right? And the mentality that goes with it. And now we're seeing a resurgence in that, but it's, it's becoming a necessary resurgence, right? And what I mean is that it's a response now to the fucking system's problem. Um, and, and what I mean is the, uh, the mental health epidemic that is currently happening, all of us suffering through anxiety and depression, self-loathing and all this stuff in a way and in numbers that we've never seen before is a response to the fucking house around us being on fire, right? And we don't get that, right? All we know is more control, more pharmaceuticals, more doctors' opinions, blah, 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 blah. And here's this plant, these two things, mushrooms and cannabis, have been sitting there since forever, have grown up beside us as we've evolved. And they're like, hey, remember us? And we're going, oh, fuck, right. Shit, I can just relax a little. And that's what we're learning is that we can relax a little. And in that relaxation, we're having a different conversation. But now... There are people who have grown up with word of what the hippie movement did. And they've looked at some of the benefits and they're they're doing the research as with Riley Kirk. Right. Or even Oren. See Oren Allen out there just doing his thing, trying to educate people because that's his whole focus. It's not, oh, I got to get cannabis out there. It's education. We've got to turn the tide in terms of the misinformation that's out there and actually show the research to people, actually be talking to doctors and informing them as to how this is largely a beneficial substance that could change the entire face of pharmaceuticals. And that right there is one of the biggest threats, not just to the pharmaceutical industry, but to everybody who believes in the pharmaceutical industry, because it is a quick path to control and a way to, to escape our fear. So it's an addiction in itself. So you have addicts claiming the other substance is really the addictive one. It is really interesting to see people just delve deeper and deeper into control, like into both on the micro and the macro, like as above, so below, like in our lives, looking for it. And then as a society, looking for it as a government, looking for it more and more and more without ah, without taking a pause to think like, oh, maybe this striving for for ultimate control is what's causing everything to fall apart is a component of the mental health epidemic like ah, and it's so interesting with the the mental health stuff because i hear you know social media come up a lot like oh social media is ruining kids teenage girls they're committing suicide more 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 often than they ever have and it's like immediately there's just the assumption just an assumption. It's not really based on a whole lot of evidence besides social media being more of a thing now than it used to be. It's immediately just, oh, it's social media. Oh, that's it. It's like we've settled on an answer so fucking quick without looking at the broader landscape of it. It's like, what the fuck do you mean? We're, we're trying to be something that we can't be. We're trying to be valuable through assumption. And, and we're maintaining this story of ourselves inside of our mind constantly trying to be more, become more, thinking there's something wrong with us at all times, maybe that's a little bit of it. And then we have social media that's just a fucking tool. Like social media is not the devil. It's not like social media came up and it was like the devil dropped it into reality. It's just a fucking tool. Like as, mu as many people who deal with shit in comparison because of social media, like there's people talking about, how you don't have to hold on to that comparison. You don't actually know 
how you measure up. You can't actually measure your value. You're actually whole and complete exactly as you are. You can't become more because you're already, you're already it. You're not the story that you tell yourself. That's being shown on social media as well. So if there's any of that whatsoever, if there's one video that's doing that, social media isn't objectively a terrible, awful, you know, the devil's plaything, like a lot of people are, are pushing it as, but it comes back to responsibility. I don't want to look at what I'm going through and realize that, oh, maybe I'm pushing this. Maybe I'm making my life tougher for myself by trying to live up to this fucking standard and made up bar that everyone else is trying to do and never actually gets to. Maybe it's not all this shit around me. Maybe it's not social media. Maybe it's not all these other people, but, but like so much of it really does come down to responsibility. Like I don't want to take responsibility for myself. I mean, I don't know. Do you think like that's what everything comes down to is just whether or not I can take responsibility for myself. Like, and, and so we utilize all of these things to avoid that. And then when there's something that, that kind of helps if you're on if you're on this sort of trajectory or, or willing to take responsibility for yourself, there's, you know, mushroom and mushrooms and weed can, can help you with that push it along. But if you're avoiding responsibility and you start taking some of those, they're going to be like, Hey, you might not be on everyone else all the time. Maybe it's some of it has to do with you, not your fault, but your responsibility. And you're, you're actively constantly avoiding that responsibility you're going to think it's it's the thing wrong. Of course, it's like by design. If you're not willing to take responsibility, something who something that is helps you realize some of that and is actually just trying to help you realize some of the things that you're avoiding. If you're actively doing everything you possibly fucking can to avoid those things, then you're going to demonize the substance because it's like this underlying misunderstanding of what's going on here this fundamental misunderstanding of what you are that's that's the basis of our society like i am exactly what i think i am that then everything spans from there and so our response to certain substances if we're we're taking that baseline assumption to be the truth we're going to be responsive to those substances based on that assumption and so it makes sense as to why if that assumption is taken to be the truth something like alcohol that just kind of like shoves it down we don't feel it as much is is pushed whereas something that brings it up and and is like maybe that underlying assumption that you're you're making isn't quite as true as you think that shakes the fabric of of people's lives so of course there's going to be pushback to that and the need the the fucking road of comparison like peace and love that whole mentality there's not so much comparison. Like you, you can't utilize that track to feel better through comparing yourself when you're good with where you're at. And it's just insane how fucking backwards and convoluted it all is. That's just reinforcing all of these stigmas and, and the need to have the stigmas because the data isn't there. The research isn't there. And then we avoid the research because it's illegal. Can't do research. And why is it illegal? Well, we haven't done enough research in that whole fucked up cycle. But it's it's unreal how it, it so much of it comes back to responsibility. And if you're avoiding that, you're going to avoid substances that are showing you a little more of that.
Yeah. And, and you'll look for substances that distract you and you'll look for substances that dull you and take away all the thought and everything else because you just want to feel better and go back to work until you're told what to do next. I mean, that's why alcohol is so goddamn um, popular, right? It's just the fact that it's a great way to continue on in this system that doesn't give a fuck about you. What's that? You're feeling emotions because your life is hard and stressful all the time and you're surrounded by people who are judging you because they all come from a sense of lack. Drink this. You'll feel better. You'll be able to go to work in the morning. You might have a bit of a hangover, though. Right? Now we've moved on to here. Take two of these every day for the rest of your life. Don't worry. When they start, you know, when you start getting used to them, we'll give you a higher dosage or we'll switch you to another brand, you know, which has a different side effect. And, and it's just we don't recognize how irresponsible we are in a lot of ways. And it's because we just grew up in this system. We grew up with this way of life. Like we forget 200 years ago that if you wanted to go and do opium in downtown New York, you could probably find an opium den. Like we forget that we, we forget that uh, Ben Franklin smoked weed. We, we forget that George Washington grew weed. We forget that, uh, Cannabis and hemp have been largely responsible to almost all of our advances for thousands of years in terms of rope, clothing, food, books, paper. Like you can just continue on with the list of shit that we've used this plant for. And we forget all of that because it's, of course, it's, it's illegal. Therefore, it's bad for you. But that's just in the last like 100 years or so that that's changed. And that was often or that was largely influenced by the cotton industry and the fact that they wanted to shut down hemp as well, which is why you ended up with reefer madness in the 30s, because, of course, now this is in full blown uh, propaganda mode. Right. All of these uh, politicians have been told about the we the evils of the dreaded planet marijuana, which wasn't a word up until that point. Um, so they were like, oh, shit, that that's terrible. You know, this plant is evil, um, not realizing it was hemp. It's the same goddamn plant, right? And so the two kind of got thrown out together. The baby in the bathwater got tossed. And uh, we ended up with a far more lucrative and profitable industry in a lot of ways, you know, because cotton doesn't last as long as hemp. And, and um, the fact is, is that the cotton industry was huge at that point. So they were overjoyed that the hemp industry was having problems with the new uh, legalization. And this is still true. This is still true. The fact that we know hemp can produce the same amount of pulp paper as, as wood can in the same amount of area, but you can you can crop that hemp four times a year as opposed to every 10 years. Like you can get the same amount of pulp paper four times a year as you can from a fucking the same amount of land covered with trees every 10 years. So we know this. But if you go and you look at the legalization in, in the United States, a lot of states can't grow hemp. Or if they can, they have to grow it under with, with extreme regulation. It has to be below a certain amount of THC level. Right? Well, why? Well, we don't want people getting high. It's like uh, doing what? Smoking their clothing? Right? Like, it's just that. It's got to be below this. And, and that's largely, largely political because guaranteed, as Riley said in our conversation with her, George Washington wasn't worried about how much THC was in his hemp. Right? People haven't been for a long time. It didn't stop them from using it. So a lot of it is just overregulation because of stigma and fear. But I think largely that that stigma and fear is just because of the mentality that marijuana represents, or rather marijuana encourages in a state of responsibility. That's, I think, the, the defining line. And this is something that everybody's, oh, my son started smoking weed. Now he's lazy. Oh, I started smoking weed. Now I'm, I'm anxious. And so I couldn't smoke that. It's like, 
where is your responsibility? Where exactly are you responsible for your response to the thing that you're experiencing? Right? Going to the grocery store makes you anxious. That doesn't mean you don't go. Does that make sense? Like if you're going to run from everything that makes you anxious, you're going to be more and more anxious. Right? And it becomes it becomes a matter of responsibility. Eventually, you have to face what you're experiencing. Eventually, you do. And the same is true with cannabis. You can blame it for all your ills. Or in a state of responsibility, you can just calm the fuck down and still do what you're doing. Right? But that's the practice. Calm down. Don't panic. Be responsible for how you respond and carry on. And what you'll recognize in that state is that cannabis does have a lot of benefits. It does. It will lower your blood pressure. It will help with your overall sense of stress. It can help with digestion. It can help if you're having problems with nausea. It can help if you're a cancer patient. It can help with a number of things. The problem that everybody keeps complaining about stems from a lack of responsibility in using that substance. And why are we surprised that people who are first stumbling across this, this substance are being irresponsible when it was the lack of responsibility that led to the stress that drove them to the substance to begin with? Sorry, I'm switching my uh, thing to Instagram. I was on TikTok. There we go. I I was <laughs> I started laughing because so so many people's common response to weed is like it makes me anxious. And that grocery store example, <laughs> like people people get anxious going to the grocery store. Imagine if the response to that was, "Let's make grocery stores illegal." Yeah, no, it's like that puts it so clearly, like holy fuck like it's it's such an equatable thing but and i know i'm sure people will be like it's not equatable it's not the same thing we does this we does that it's like oh jesus christ but yeah you get anxious going to the grocery store you don't blame the grocery store you see that it's it's coming from you you think weed makes you anxious maybe and yet you're not you know as well as I do, people go to the grocery store. It's too busy today. Oh, I don't like how so these true. aisles are organized. You see, why would they stack it like that? Like responsibility, man. I tell you, it's it's at the root of so much. Oh, now I'm even. Holy fuck! There's so much shit. Like, uh, like the winter depression. Like blaming the weather for my depression. It's like maybe it's just showing you what's already there. It's like holy fucking Christ! You actually are able to blame the weather for your bad feelings like what is it called like depressed sads or something like severe uh, i don't even know affective disorder yeah yeah like people like so, okay so they do like i started laughing because i was i was thinking how ridiculous it would be to blame a grocery if you get anxious going to the grocery store seeing other people to blame the grocery store and yet people do and they glaze over it so quick They're like oh man at grocery store it was, it was packed today it was it was really big oh this this fucking bitch wouldn't stop talking oh man it was so brutal i i i could barely get through like i don't know i might start ordering groceries now it's like oh all of that like mm, you don't think a little bit's coming from you you don't think a little bit of that and so you know replace grocery store with weed it's like oh weed makes me anxious like you don't think a little bit of that anxiety is coming from you you don't think a little bit is already there? Oh, couldn't couldn't possibly be. It's entirely the weed, so I just have to avoid it for the rest of my life because I'm not actually anxious. It's just 
It's just doing that to me. Otherwise, and it, I it's you're doing something wrong. Exactly. See, that's it, right? Like, we don't want to admit, oh, Christ, that, that stuff I'm carrying around with me all the time. We want to blame the substance, right? And, and largely, it's because we don't want to be wrong. We don't want to have something wrong with us. We're terrified of, of, of that, uh, again, that identity, that idea of ourselves that we're not we're not doing okay. Like we want to be doing okay. Nobody wants to feel less valuable or like they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing in their life, that they're on the wrong path. Nobody wants to feel that. But more importantly than that, in the same way that we don't want to look at kind of the systemic problem in the police force or the corruption in our government or the, um, the imbalance in our economy, we don't want to look at the larger overarching problem. We don't. Like when, when we feel all of the anxiety that we're carrying around the rest of the time, like we smoke a joint, we relax a little bit, we slow down, all of a sudden all of the thoughts that we've been distracting ourselves from, from focusing on come in. We want to either blame ourselves or run away. It never, it never dawns on us, very rarely does it dawn on us that all of that shit is a result of the conditioning that we've been exposed to in our entire life by a system that is largely based on control and stress and fear. Right. Because that's way bigger. That's way bigger. It's large. It's the same reason that people don't want to see racism in the police force. Right. Because then they have to question the police force, which is their sense of security. We don't want to question the thing that makes us feel safe. Right. We don't want to question the system that we have been told to believe in, despite the mental health disorders that continue to pop up increasingly throughout our system, throughout our population. Why is that? Because of the environment. And you can say, well, look at all the comforts we have. Yeah, we do. But look at all of the implication underneath those comforts. Look at all the stress that goes with it. Look at the fact that you must continue to want to be something else. You must continue to want to buy. You must continue to want to work. You must continue to pay to live. There is an implied stress underneath everything that we're fucking doing right now. And it's the reason we run for escapism. And it's not, and there is, ah, cannabis, 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 cannabis. Let, let's talk about some of the other escapes, shall we? Let's talk about egotistical escapes. Let's talk about how we, we try desperately to identify with one celebrity, a celebrity or another, or we try to reach a state where we're famous or popular or rich. Okay? Why do we need that? Because of this overall sense of lack. You don't think those things are addictions? You don't think control and fame and popularity and, 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 and money? You don't think, so, think those are addictive? They're far more addictive than anything else. And they can be toxic when given to somebody who has that addiction. You know, Donald Trump's perfect example. Elon Musk, perfect example. Right? And you could say, well, Elon's doing what? What? He's doing cool things. Sure. I will say he's doing cool things for himself. Largely. Yeah, like, oh, man. And I guess we just don't want to look at the... We really don't want to look at where all of this is coming from. Like, the desire to strive to be something. It's like, it's almost like we've... We have avoided it or felt like we've avoided it for so long that we don't even realize what we're running from anymore it's just how we live what do you mean you're born you go to school and then you try to be more than you are for the rest of your life and feel like you're not the whole time until you die 
like that's just how we live. Like, oh man, that's that's tough. Like we never we never sit with ourselves and just realize maybe all the things that I think I need to become are just an assumption based on the idea that I don't think I'm enough right now, which is also an assumption, which is also just that desire for, for certainty and control. Like, I don't really know what I am, who I am, what, what's going on here, but I'm just going to make an assumption. So I don't have to think about that. So I can just keep going on and keep striving. And so it, regardless of all of the escapes, all of the drugs, like there's so many things to talk about in regards to this, but when you start looking at where it's coming from, everything, I don't know, both starts to make more sense and all of the tactics to that we live our lives trying to do start to fall apart. Like if you are whole and complete as you are, like if I've had this conversation with people where they're like, well, yeah, but if, you know, if everyone realized that, then you know, what would happen to the economy? What would happen to the system? Like, it's like, we're not even willing to look at that. Like that's fucked. That's so fucked that our system is reliant upon everyone feeling like they're not enough in perpetuity forever. Like if everyone realized that their idea that they're not enough, that they have to become something more is just an assumption. Like it, it, it is just based on our desire to find some degree of certainty, but is never the truth. Like you're, you're the fabric of reality, your reality itself, interacting with itself, talking to itself, seeing itself, being itself always. And the story about you isn't you like, it's just not. But if that started to be realized, yeah, the economy would fall apart. The society, the system would start to crumble because it's all based on this bullshit narrative that you're not enough that I am what I think I am inside of my head. And that can never be enough because it's always incomplete. It's always a, a, a fraction of the reality of you. And it immediately brings in comparison It immediately, which necessitates judgment, which necessitates more certainty and more certainty and more assumptions. And it's like, you know, we judge someone on a whim, despite not even knowing anything about them, any of their backstory, any of the shit they're going through make assumptions about ourselves based on very little, little evidence whatsoever. One little thing happens and all of a sudden, oh, I'm, I'm this type of person. It's like based on fucking what? <laughs> like based on one little glimpse of a, of a situation. And so as those things start to fall apart, as we start to realize like, oh, maybe I, maybe I don't know. Maybe I've, I, I have this idea of what this is, of what I am, of what is going on here, of what the best thing to do is but but also maybe i don't know maybe i don't know and and as that starts to even just that that thought that fleeting thought as you're going through a bunch of assumptions about things like that is enough to start shaking things maybe i don't know maybe i'm not sure maybe this isn't what's best for me maybe this thing wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Maybe that outcome isn't as scary as I think it is. Maybe I'll maybe I'll be okay. Maybe I'll be all right. Like as that starts to be
be more and more involved, which is like the whole fucking all of dualist community basically is, is just surrounding that recognition that maybe the story inside of your head isn't you and the assumptions you make about yourself aren't true. I'm not, you know, we're not here saying that there's another version of you that is true. It's just the one that you're holding on to maybe isn't because it's not because it's just a fucking story that you're holding on to. And so, yeah, as that starts to get questioned, as that starts to become more of the, the mainstream conversation of, of actually being enough, being whole as you are being exactly just what you are before you start thinking about all the, all the shit that you think you are. Yeah. The way things are right now are going to change. Like the economy is going to, it's going to change. Like we're, we're, we keep patching up fucking the holes on a sinking ship thinking it's just the olds, oh, the best we got. It's like, we see the implications they are getting more and more and more obvious. And yet we just, we just don't want to look at it because we're distracted by too many other things because we're, we're so bogged down by shit that we're not even willing to necessarily have the conversation or, or take it seriously. Cause it's like, I got to figure out what I'm, what I'm going to eat later today. And, but as that starts to shift, cause they go, you know, hand in hand, the relaxation, the, the shift, the changes, the connection to more of yourself, like they all go hand in hand. But again, it starts with you. It starts with the willingness to take responsibility, no matter where that's starting, whether you're fucking in, in the shitter, down in the dumps, feeling awful, or, you know, things seem to be going well, but you still have some underlying insecurity and anxiety, whatever point you're at, everyone's got some of it. Everyone's got something. And if you're willing to to not push it onto something else immediately and, and start to question it, take more responsibility, yeah, of course things are going to change. But change is not a bad thing. You know, the system crumbling the way it is isn't a bad thing. It's just a thing that's inevitably going to happen as you change, as you change. And you'll be the change that's happening. So it'll be okay. You know, we'll figure it out together. You know, it's kind of funny you had me uh, thinking about the economy because uh, we forget what our addictions really are. Like we spend so much time focusing on on the uh, the drugs and the substances that we use to escape our pain. We don't remember that our pain is largely caused by our addiction to ego and control and assumption and judgment and all of that. That's where the suffering's coming from, right? So the real addiction is the idea of myself. The real addiction is is this fixation on who I think I am. And so I, I find it really funny because we'll, we'll say about like cannabis being a threat to the pharmaceutical industry. So, so I just want to put this in perspective. This is what I mean. We really don't understand what our addictions are, okay, in terms of it being egotistical. Approximately $10 billion a year is, is made in the anxiety medication industry. Okay, so it, just in treatment of anxiety overall, there's about 10, 10, 10 $12 billion a year that's made. Okay, so you imagine the impact that cannabis could have on that, right? That's just medications and treatments. So if you could actually have a healthy dialogue around cannabis use, microdosing, looking at, at the, the dosage itself, as well as informing people, that's a threat to that industry, right? That's a threat, especially given that a lot of anxiety medication is somewhere between $100 to $1,000 for 60 tablets, whereas you can buy an ounce of weed for less than 200 bucks. Right. And depending on your dosages, that'll last forever. So it's a big threat to the industry. Okay. That's all set. Okay. As people start to relax, though, 
they become a little less needy um, if they do the work on themselves. And again, the dialogue is a big, big part of this. We don't have a discussion around responsible cannabis use or the benefits of mental health work with cannabis use. Right. And this is something we were talking about with uh, Riley Kirk in, in terms of, of using cannabis to research things like the placebo effect and why it's so beneficial with cannabis. It's also beneficial with anxiety. It can be beneficial with depression. It can be beneficial with a great many things. And, and so there's there's uh, the research that can go into that. But that said, when we're not feeling at peace in ourselves and we feel a sense of lack, when we feel desire, when we feel this urge to always be more. Right. There are certain industries that we, we do happen to delve into a little bit more porn porn uh which is often talked about as an addiction itself is really just another escape and, and it's an escape from an overall sense of stress and lack and, and and a wanting of desire because you don't feel that you're enough and you're idealizing some outcome and blah 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 um that's a quarter trillion that's a quarter trillion dollar industry right there that would be threatened or at least diminished by a population that was feeling less stress and less need to escape um my favorite would be the fashion industry which is almost $2 trillion a year. You think about that, $2 trillion a year. You talk about a fucking addiction. Talk about an addiction, paying hundreds of dollars for something because of the way it makes you look, not at all, because of who made it even worse, right? How it reflects on you, that is an egotistical addiction when taken to the extreme. That would be threatened too. So we don't really look at our addictions and we don't look at what the mentality that cannabis use can encourage really threatens. It threatens our ego and that threatens the whole economy. Oh man. And, and people don't want to have that conversation, right? It's like even, even hear celebrities talk about, you know, whatever, whatever thing they're on about despite and, and fashion along with it being a massive industry is like, it's pretty detrimental to, to the environment right like it's not great for the earth at all and yet you know they'll be buying new shit not only new shit but like they'll have new clothes like every fucking day you know all of the big events the oscars they all have these handmade dresses and and suits and and everything for it like holy shit like the the backwardsness of it and it's not to say that certain people don't make decent points but like you got to be willing to look at the full picture of it. You got to be willing to look at all of what's going on. And and we pick little little parts to to look at, like tiny little bits to look through with while avoiding everything else. And it's just cuz oh, this is here's an impact I can have and this, you know, this makes me feel I'm I'm more comfortable talking about this cuz, you know, questioning for example, fashion that's where I make a lot of my money. So I'm not willing to question that despite it having way more of an impact than everything else going on. And so people will get up on these high horses in, in regards in response to certain topics, to certain things, to, you know, justice for, for whatever, and not realize that, you know, or, or maybe they do realize, but they're just not willing to look at it because cognitive dissonance is such a, powerful force that a lot of the things they're doing are far more detrimental than the thing they're they're standing up for and demonizing other people for doing like that that whole process of just of just demonizing someone else and i think that's why i'm i'm hesitant to 
demonize even as i'm talking right now i'm like hesitant to demonize the fucking people who have their fashion brands that are pushing that despite having other shit going on it's like it's not about everyone else it's not about what everyone else is doing and all of that shit like we will have the conversation and talk about society as a whole but really it comes down to to me it comes down to my willingness to take responsibility for myself my willingness to look at these things and talk openly about them, not demonizing anyone who does them, but just taking a look at it, having the conversation, looking at the impacts, the, the actual impacts of different industries and talking about them without saying there's anything wrong with someone who's doing it, but just having the conversation like a lot because a lot of people who are who are doing things like they're hearing so many different messages from sources that have ulterior motives like how many people who are during covid pushing a vaccine that they're about to make a fuckload of money off of without any consideration for anything else they actually made other substances that have benefits in regards to diseases they made those illegal with no backing whatsoever because the way you make a fuckload of money off of a certain thing that's happening is have one source that people can go to. This is the answer. This is the only answer. If you don't do it, you're a piece of garbage and you don't care about anyone else. So you have to do it. Oh, and we just happen to be making billions and billions and billions of dollars off of it because I am heavily invested in the one source. Like we don't want to look at that. It's right in our face. We don't want to look at that because to your point before, that's questioning the system. That's questioning the thing that we rely upon. No, I don't want to. No, that couldn't be because they have, they're looking out for me, right? They care about me. Someone cares about me, right? Anyone, anyone cares about me. And so, no, they couldn't possibly be doing it just to make a fuckload of money. They're trying to save the world, trying to save humanity. You know, this is a big, scary disease and get your vaccine. And now it's like, oh, we're seeing the repercussions of, of that, of a fucking vaccine. They took six months to figure out it's like, oh, oh, kids are kids are dying from it. Oh, kids are having heart attacks because of it that have that are super healthy. It's like, oh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Who would have thunk? <laughs> Who would have thunk? It's like, oh, my God. But but we don't want to look at that. We don't want to have the conversation that that opens up the doors to to all of this shit. All we just want to, eh, nah, just let me, I got work. I gotta, I gotta get out of here. I gotta, I gotta go to do all that shit. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it just comes down to you. That's the beauty of it. Your willingness to look at, not even, not even necessarily talk about it. I'm not saying like make a podcast and talk about all this shit. I'm just saying like, just the willingness to look, just the willingness to be like, huh, maybe, maybe that is something going on maybe there is something a little bit deeper maybe there is something behind that and just be curious you know when something comes out they're like oh this is this is it this is the answer oh this is it this is the answer no this is it careful of that you know that's a fucked up thing you don't want to put that in your body just just do a little bit of looking a little bit of your own research into maybe what's behind that oh maybe that maybe that person's heavily invested in that thing oh maybe there's a there's a big reason that Cannabis, mushrooms, psychedelics were made illegal. You ever wonder if maybe 
you know, the government makes things illegal, not because they're bad for you, but because they're bad for them. If everyone took them, maybe, maybe. There's also another reason behind all of this, which is again, our, our belief in our <laughs> fucking um, evolutionary supremacy. Let's just say, and what I mean is that um, it's not just cannabis. If you think about it, when was the last time you went to a doctor and they, and they recommended a natural remedy for anything? You got, a, you got a runny nose. When, when was the last time the doctor recommended, you know, uh, onions or, or garlic or, or anything that was natural? It's always over the counter. It's always something that's been fabricated inside a lab, inside a warehouse. It's always something as a result of human control and quote unquote science. Despite the fact that it's well known that natural remedies have a gentler effect on the body and they're not so uh, harsh as it were, and they have less side effects. You know, a, a good example would be um, antibiotics, right? Like what's really interesting is when you take antibiotics, it goes after everything, right? Whereas there are some things within your body that should be left alone. Like not everything in terms of, of it being, um, not every illness within your body is a bad thing necessarily, right? Like not everything that an antibiotic attacks should be attacked. And, and some natural remedies like garlic, for example, don't attack everything. They only attack the things that are hurting you, right? So it really is not not everything, not every problem requires the same tool is what I'm saying. Like I give you a perfect example. When I was a kid, I grew up and they were always giving me amoxicillin, basically penicillin, because I used to get a lot of ear infections. Well, I ended up developing a tolerance for that. And after a while, they had to up the dose and up the dose and up the dose. At one point, all of a sudden, somebody recommended, you know, garlic is really good for inf inflammation. You know, garlic is really good for infections. I'm like, oh. So every once in a while, when I fear, feel an ear infection coming up, I chew a, clo a clove of garlic. And my ear infections have drastically reduced over my entire life. Right? Right around that point. Well, why? Well, not because, because not everything requires a medication. Sometimes you can catch things early. Sometimes there are natural remedies that will be just as good. But we don't believe in those because those aren't the result of human control. Right. Those aren't the result of us being clever motherfuckers in a lab. Therefore, can't be can't be working. Right. Despite the fact that this is these are substances that kept us as a species alive for thousands of years. These were shamans. These were things that that, that we knew growing up through the through the generations. Right. Like, uh, I think one of my favorite things was this recipe that they found that's like 2000 years old and it involves a bunch of stuff, but it involves like a copper container and uh, the stomach bile of a cow and then certain herbs and stuff like that. And they throw it all in there. And, and this was the recipe. And they're like, what the hell is this recipe? And so they tried it out. <laughs> it, it's, it's basically, it's, it's, um, it's a super medication. Basically it, it helps your body fight pretty much everything. But it's fermented stomach bile from a cow is, uh, along with a bunch of other things in a copper container. So it's all very specific because of the reaction that it has to the copper and so on and so forth. This thing's 2,000 years old. Right? So there are things out there that don't necessarily have to be designed in a lab or synthetically created or anything like that. But we never look at those at all. So why would we look at cannabis? Why would we look at, why would we look at any plant? Because, you know, humans are... are better than nature don't you know at most we use nature to grow our food but only then certain types of nature in neatly planted rows right it's true we have, we have an aversion to all things natural that are not within our control it's like we think that it's not getting stuff done because it's not doing it to our schedule but you'll notice that like this is why people go to naturopaths 
Why? Because a naturopath isn't going to go, you need to go get this medication. They're going to give you something that, that's more often a more natural or, or uh, easier to digest remedy, right? Not to say that it's a cure-all, but to be on top of these things, to recognize that these, these natural things can have an impact on your body in terms of maintenance long-term can change the entirety of, of your, your life in terms of your health, right? It really can, but that comes down to awareness and responsibility, as well as education in terms of what plants are good for you and what plants are not. But we, we don't even know. I mean, half the time you see somebody walk into the front yard and just start trimming away at the, the dandelions, not recognizing that they have properties that are healthy. It's like we've taken that desire for control so far that if it, it can't be and, and just put so much weight on the lab and, and science that if we have to take responsibility for ourselves and and actually dig into what the properties of certain natural remedies are, it's like we don't trust ourselves to do that. Like we don't trust ourselves to do almost anything. And there's so much like fear behind that and concern that we're willing to just take something that someone else did, despite there being like them being open about a lot of side effects of it too and potential side effects like you know it's the classic sort of commercial of the the pharmaceutical drug it's like will help with headaches but also may cause explosive diarrhea and vomiting and death in some cases and it's like what wait a second i'm taking this for a for a headache and there's actually some degree of risk that this thing could kill me and it's like yeah, but or or you could you could go and pick some wild lettuce and boil it, right? It might taste a little bit bitter, but it's a pain reliever in itself. Exactly, like there's so many things like that that I'm not even fully aware of because I haven't done that much digging into it or, or felt the uh, the urge to. And I don't take many you know pharmaceutical substances necessarily, but they're like they're all all around us all the time, like. Oh, goodness gracious. There's and our just avoidance of and I guess it all comes comes together when you really dig deep enough. Just that avoidance of responsibility, a lack of faith in myself, a feeling like I'm not enough, a feeling that, that I can't do that. Th these are all, you know, the, the pharmaceutical industry, banking, government, like it's all kind of goes together in that I don't have faith in myself. I can't, I can't just be me. I need someone else to do it for me. I need to wear this thing. I need to eat this thing. I need to have this thing and then I'll be enough and then I'll be okay. And then things will be all right. And it's like, there, there's never a point that you get enough of that stuff that things are all right. And there's, there's consequences to, to all of it. You becoming rich and famous. Like we just have this fucking trajectory like as as a society for the most part like becoming that without realizing like if you get super rich like you have to wonder if people are hanging around you because they actually like you or because you have a fuckload of money and there's no real way to avoid that question you, you can and and that's why you see a lot of people who who kind of have that come up hang around with people they were with before that happened because that's an inevitable question 
that you come around to when things like that happen. But we don't even want to consider that maybe the situation I'm in right now, not saying that it's necessarily amazing forever and all the time, but maybe there's as much opportunity to, to do something with this as there is to do in any other situation. Like you, you're, you are where you're at and maybe the idea of where you think you should be or your idea of, of what would be best for you also has a fuckload of repercussions that you just don't want to look at. Like maybe there's a bunch of consequences, side effects, symptoms, shit that'll come up. If you get to that perfect spot, the perfect place where, where there's no suffering whatsoever and you're just drinking beer on a beach all day and you're surrounded by people who love hanging out with you and they never say anything controversial towards you. They never put you down. They never judge you. It's like you sit in that spot, like take a second and just close your eyes and imagine your perfect situation. And then imagine that existing in in perpetuity. And inevitably you're going to get to a spot, probably not in that, in that long of an amount of time or you're like, kind of want to mix things up. Kind of want, kind of want to change things up here. Kind of want something a little different. Kind of want a little bit more variety. Kind of want a little bit of a, of a struggle or a challenge or, or a difficult thing to go through. Like if you were just fucking in a Wally chair, like that futuristic chair that people are sitting in their shitting they're they got their TV, they got their soda next to them. They got all the food they ever want. And they're just fat fucking lards sitting on a wheelchair. It's like, I don't know. That's, that's peak comfort. Do you really want that? Like we, I don't know. I feel like we don't spend enough time thinking about like what that situation would actually look like. Just like, yeah, that's, that's what's best. You know, look at all these people They're They're all doing it and they seem happy. And it's like, do they, a lot of them don't, a lot of them don't, but we don't want to look at that. Cause it's just like, as long as I get here, then I'll be good without actually thinking about what that spot would, would actually look like, not just your ideal version of it. It's like, what would it actually look like? And once you start realizing that, come back to where you're at and be like, oh, okay, there's something I can do here. Maybe it's not my perfect situation that I keep in my head, but it is what it is. And there's shit I can do. This has been a fun conversation. I have to admit, it's um, a little entertaining to me because this is the conversation that happens as people start actually educating themselves about cannabis as a whole. When they start looking at it and they start going, hold up. This seems weird that we have such a reaction to this substance. And yet, you know, fentanyl's out there. Nobody ever asked if that was okay to make legal, right? Ever. And that's like one of the biggest fucking problems that we've got. There was no controversy around that, was there? Did you ever have a vote? Did you ever have a say? Did your Senate ever fucking even mention it to you before that shit got passed over the counter to everyone? No, not even a little bit. And that's the point is all of a sudden you can't help but go, hold up, something seems suspicious here. And it's because there's a bias. And why is there a bias? And this is one of the things that I love about um, Bob Marley's quote, you know, they don't want you to smoke the herb because it makes you question. Question what? You know, what is it you're worried that we're going to rebel against? And that is the concern is that all of a sudden we're going to slow down, relax enough to talk to one another and gain some fucking clarity and go, Holy shit, we're getting fucked for money and we're not even getting paid. Right? That's the thing. Like, we're just getting fucked and they're making the profit. And our quality of life slips more and more and more each 
fucking year. Why? Because of the lack of responsibility within it. Because we don't have the right to make our own choices. The whole thing with COVID was a perfect example of that. Right? Oh, we're not forcing anyone to get a vaccine, but you can't get on a train, can't get on a plane, can't fucking travel, can't go out, can't go to fucking movies, can't talk to anybody, don't go near the hospital, motherfucker. Like, holy shit. Like, you're, you may not be forcing me, but you're certainly making it impossible to live otherwise. Right? Why? Why? Because we don't want you to make responsible choices for yourself. And that was the argument. It's like, well, it's not just you. You're responsible for the rest of us. It's like, that has never been true. It'll never be true. It can't possibly be true because that is fucking ridiculous. That's how you end up with groupthink. That's how you end up with a mob, right? That's the whole thing. The whole point is to have different fucking ideas and perspectives and beliefs and, and journeys in general, right? But we don't want that. We want everybody to agree all the time. Disagreement is a really healthy and important thing. It stops us from doing stupid shit. Right. Like that's the whole thing. When you have enough people who are like, hold up, let's just think about this. That gives us an opportunity to look. But we don't do that. And we don't do that largely because we're afraid. And the system is always promising us a way to solve that fear. Just believe in us. Just believe in us. We've got you. We'll take responsibility for you. We'll take care of you. You know what? Well, we're not we're obviously not benefiting from this. We're we're public servants. Don't you know? Right. And yet they act like anything but. Yeah, the collective agreement is uh, is an interesting interesting one. I definitely want, I know we have just a couple minutes left, but I, I definitely want to get into that more soon. Like how much it's it's pushed and like the narrative and and you know the the whole uh, like V for Vendetta quote, like remind them why they need us sort of thing, and that creates this sort of collective agreement where people start policing themselves, and then those who question the common narrative are like there's so much pushback against that you saw it and and just because COVID's such a recent example you saw that shit when when people would talk about like legit informed like doctors who have been around for 30 years are questioning like there was one person i put on my instagram story back like 2021 of just having a, a rational conversation about how masks may not be as helpful as we think like the, the bacteria, whatever, the virus is smaller than the holes that are in the mask because everything has holes. So like it's actually just going through and it got flagged and it was like this may be, you know, controversial, whatever, like misinformation, blah, blah, blah. Are you still confirming you would like to listen to it? And it's like, holy shit, like even anyone who's pushing against that and just how much of this overarching narrative is pushed and an agreement in things. And we see it with certain substances and they'll they'll just feed this this fear and this this dialogue behind it to get people afraid enough that they just submit that they're just like yeah i mean i don't know i've heard a lot of stuff i've heard a lot of terrible stories it must be must be true i'm just gonna avoid it and i'm gonna go back to you know thinking about my my own shit and trying to become more than than what i am despite that being impossible and so that collective agreement is fascinating that they're like we're able and it's i say there but we're able to just drop a little bit of little bit of fear and it's so easy to manipulate uh, a society that's constantly afraid and as you know we're confused as we are so of course we're going to be afraid and then you know they're right there to give the solution 
and it just happens to cost money and a bunch of money that we're going to make because of it. It's like, Oh man. Yeah. No one wants to look at that. Like that the money's being made directly off the backs of the thing that they instilled to put us into a state of fear. It's like, well, that's, that's how you do it though. Right. It's uh, you create an environment that causes a problem and then you offer the solution to that problem, which reinforces the problem. And so the cycle never ends. And so the money never ends, right? The profit never ends. The opportunities to put yourself on top never end. And, and that is the system that we have currently in place. And, and all just, just because of a lack of responsibility that has been ingrained in us for the last several generations. And I've said this before. I said it in Discover Transcendence. I'm going to make this point before we continue on over on Patreon. The founding fathers of the United States were less a fan of democracy and more a fan of liberty. You'll notice almost all of their quotes about what was important to the country was liberty over and over and over and over again. John Adams actually said there's never been a democracy that yet that doesn't commit suicide. And it's because of the lack of responsibility of the citizenry itself over generations. Liberty, personal freedom, personal choice, the right to be yourself. That was the important part behind any organization, behind any group. Okay, Because as soon as you lack that, you have some asshole at the top who's going to take advantage of it. Everyone must be self-responsible if this is going to work. We must all be in this together. And in order to do that, we need to find the clarity, which means we need to relax. And if smoking a joint is going to do that, then go smoke a fucking joint. We're going to end here. If you can go smoke a joint, do so and join us on a tier one call that we're going to be doing on Patreon. Patreon.com slash dualistic unity. Uh, tier one call is only $5 a month. We have a seven day free trial, though, so you can join us. But uh Great conversation. Definitely want to get deeper into this tomorrow on the call-in show as well. Absolutely. Going to go smoke a joint and I'll talk to some of you very soon. Bye, everyone.